everyone. Thanks for joining. Today we are focusing on cleanups, beach, beach and river cleanups in Hiroshima and beyond. This is part of my special focus from June 8th, World Ocean Day, until July 22nd, Umi no Hi, which is Japan's Ocean Day. And we are doing extra interviews. Today we have the amazing team from Echo Local. Karina and Helene are joining us from Tokyo. Hello. Hey, thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. So we've had Helene on the Seeking Sustainability live talk show before, but Karina, this is your first time. Can you give us a little introduction about you? Oh, I got about me. Okay, so <laughs> hi, I'm Karina. Um, I'm from Montreal, uh, half Japanese. My dad is from Hokkaido, and I've been living in Tokyo for the last seven years. Uh, but also doing a working holiday mean, uh, in the meantime in New Zealand. And uh, yes, I have a project management background. I've been doing a lot of things and also guiding in Japan and teaching to kids. But now I'm really I'm involved with Ecolocal. Uh, yeah, that's my passion at the moment, like trying to uh, help Japan kind of also be, be more sustainable uh, like Canada or New Zealand. You, you are doing such wonderful work. Uh, after you tell us a little bit about your cleanup today, I want to talk a little bit about the projects you're doing, uh, especially this month during Plastic Free July. Um, yeah. but, but tell us where you are today and what you're doing. Can you yeah. introduce? Yes, of course. So uh, as you said, we're in Tokyo. Uh, and then, yeah, this, uh, this is Arakawa River. So we're kind of in the middle. The river is on both sides. And sorry, it's loud. I don't know. They are doing kind of like a racing boat thing. We don't know exactly. And uh, yes, it's Arakawa River. Uh, it's one of the main river in Tokyo. And what is the coup here? Is it Edogawa? Yeah, we are in Edogawa Coup uh, Yard. And uh, it's really sad. Uh, We've been told that this area was really full of trash and we can confirm it's really, really bad. So, like, oh, can you see this? So, like, basically, Ellen just, like, take this up, like, it's full of pet bottles in, like, two minutes. <laughs> so you're, you're finding a lot of the pet uh, yeah. single-use yeah. drinking bottles for water, mostly? Yeah, it looks like, yes, it is water. It's mainly like, in fact, all the same brand. It's so weird. It's all this like Santori no Arepisu, Minami Arepisu. That is so strange. Yeah, that is really strange. And really, it's like full. It was full he just here. She just did here like this. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, as you can see over there, we have more like a lot of, now I see cans and through uh, like juice, more pet yeah. bottles. So does it, it seem like it's litter or is it coming from the river? Uh, I don't know, no, it's not coming from the river. I don't think so because it's litter. It's literally litter because the river is there and it's really like, I don't think there's a way of like that trash to come here. Right, so but it's, 
it is important that you pick up the litter on the riverside so that the wind and the rain doesn't move it into the river, right? You guys are doing great work. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's the thing, like beach cleans at the moment are so popular, but in fact, uh, river cleans are may maybe even more important because we need to stop this trash from reaching the river, the waterways, and also the, the sea. Because when it, once it goes in the Pacific Ocean, it like it might kind of kind of go through all the ocean like the current and become microplastic and it's even more difficult to pick up after that that's right uh the ocean impact and ocean cleanup institute who's doing a lot of good work around the world they did a lot of research on the ocean patches in the pacific ocean yeah. and they found that 80 percent was sourced from the rivers of different countries oh, and, oh, wow. and a lot of the rivers in asia are making the most trash in the ocean plastics so working hard in Japan on the rivers is such good, important work. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, it's really like, it's so important for us as well. So we're happy to be here, even if it's like raining a little, but it's fine. Yeah, at least it's cooler, right? Oh, it's yeah, sometimes yeah. so hot. Yes, it, yeah. But now it's, it's humid, but not too hot. Yeah. And are you, do you have a plan, like how long you're going to try to clean up today? Uh, in fact, yes, one hour. That's good. But yeah. We didn't, uh, in fact, we didn't expect like to find this much trash. So we're also limited in terms of like bags. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because like, I mean, that's a really big bag. It's like 45 uh, liters. Yeah. And it's already almost full. And now yeah. this bag is, uh, she's picking up the other trash. So we decided to separate at least pet bottles. Yeah. And now uh, she's like, yes, nicely picking up the smaller trash. Yeah, it's, it's an overwhelming problem. So whenever you do cleanup, like yesterday, we also did a beach cleanup. And I told the volunteer who joined for the first time, so our two hours is over. So now stop seeing it. Like you just have to walk away because there's always going to be more, right? So right. you have to limit yourself, just do a little bit so you don't burn out. Um, it's good you guys are using tongs as well because some of the trash is really gross to pick up by hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I brought the tongue. Uh, Ellen had also like, uh, we also have gloves, but tongs are maybe like the best when it's, and it's also because it's so wet. So, uh, yeah, picking up like wet trash isn't the best thing <laughs> with hands. So I'm glad that Ellen is using the tongue. Thank you, Karina. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so while Helen is working so hard, can you tell us a little bit about what is Ecolocal and oh, yes. what is Ecolocal app? Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Just before that, I just wanted to mention that uh, in Tokyo, for the ones interested, there's a group on Facebook called Tokyo River Friends, and they organize every like almost every weekend some river cleanups and. We learn about this spot uh, thanks to them. So uh, yes, a really nice group of people. And they told us that even if they, they clean an area like this, the week after, like most of, like very often, the week after is already again full of trash. 
That's right. Yeah, we also do the same Riverside, the same area in Hiroshima City every month. And there's always new things to pick up. And I know people who do the beach cleanups in their area two or three times a week, and there's still new things to pick up. So this yeah. is a really ongoing, overwhelming problem. We have to figure out how to stop the flow from the source, from the companies, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when I see like that bag, like full of like those same pet bottles, I just like, this is such a problem. Yeah. And in when I talked to Dave Enright in Hakuba in Nagano, even along that beautiful mountain river, they find a lot of pet bottles, same as here. So his idea was maybe all the drink machines should stop selling the plastic pet bottles and only use the other kinds of drink containers because they're seeing it so much in litter on the riverside, same as you guys are finding. Yeah, that's pretty, really bad. I'm quite shocked. I didn't, I, I was kind of almost worried that like, we're doing this live with you and if we get there, there's no trash, what can we do? <laughs> but yes, it's like, yeah, full, full of trash. Yeah. So, Molly, uh, Molly has a comment. Uh, Molly's in America yes. right now. And she says, it's a shame that the world is so plastic dependent. 40 years ago, we survived with returnable bottles, wax coated containers for milk and cardboard containers for paper bags for takeout. And I think that's so true. And I talked to one of the volunteers yesterday as well, and we are both about 50. And so she remembers, of course, when she was a young woman, even not even just a child, how they would have the returnable beer bottles or the returnable milk bottles, that that was a habit in Japan. So it's yes. not that long ago, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's uh, also, uh, I mean, that's also our inspiration for, like, if I talk more, if I can also comment on that and uh, introduce at the same time Ecoloco. Um, so Ecoloco, we're a new uh, environmental startup project. Uh, we started last year. So the co-founders are Hélène and Noriko. And now uh, I'm also, uh, yes, very involved. And uh, our inspiration here in Japan is really like Edo period as well. It was such a sustainable society, circular. Everything was reused and reused. There was really like minimal waste. Um, and that's really inspiring. And our focus for us, because sustainability can be in so many areas, there's like fashion and so many energy, so many things. And we're focusing uh, us, we're focusing on food first. Uh, so we're trying to help people living in Japan, uh, like try to help them uh, having more like sustainable choice around food. And so we have like maybe two missions. Uh, one is like we're building this eco map uh, with five sustainability criteria uh, that have a better impact on the environment, like plant-based, organic, uh, zero waste. But in Japan, zero waste might be too much. So plastic-free first uh, for the ones who want to start with that, and also uh, fair trade or ethical. And um, yes, so we're mapping. We're kind of putting all those stores that we find on our map to help people like find them and. Ecoloco, the local from Ecoloco is really, we, we're trying to help the local businesses, the small family businesses, for example, like tofu shop and rice shop, 
they have been struggling from last year with the pandemic as well and the economic situation. And as you said before in Japan, when we talk to them, often it's like more like elderly people that own those shops. Um, and they are not, I mean, they might be surprised sometimes when we ask, can I buy in my own container or can you put it directly in my yeah, container? And they are like, yeah, well, you know, that's how we were selling or shopping in the past when I was younger. So people would bring their pot, their nabe, in Japan and just like go buy some tofu or fresh noodles or yeah, that was the way they were shopping before, like really like zero waste. Yeah, I'm I'm showing pictures from your latest Echo Shop Along right now. Oh, so you've you. been doing some great events where you arrange with shopkeepers beforehand to allow people to use their own container, like bulk shops or other places you can shop zero waste. And you've been doing a great job and really working with the local businesses, but also introducing these possibilities, not only to the businesses, but also to people in Tokyo. I love this innovation. You guys are doing some great work. Thank you so much. Thank, well, thank you, Joy. Like, really, like, when you're, you're really always cheering us, and uh, thank you so much for your support. And, yeah, so that's a part of our second mission. Uh, we also want to build a community, so a place where people can help each other and connect. And so we are organizing those kind of events. And uh, as you mentioned, like the Echo Shop Along that we do now, it's mainly in Tokyo, but we hope that we can find a system to spread spread them around Japan. Um, yeah, so now it's Tokyo and like, uh, so we focus that those are our more po the most popular events we do. Uh, so as you said, like, uh, it's like a small group of people. We gather in an area and we ask participants to bring their containers or bags, reusable bags and everything. And then we pre like, we kind of find those stores. We pre-select them and talk to them. And, and then we do a, a kind of a sustainable food shopping together. And, uh, I think it's like, especially for like sometime for Japanese participants, it's a really like eye opening experience. And it's also like sometimes they are kind of shy to do those kind of shopping alone or to ask because it's really just a question of like uh, talking to the shop owners or staff and like talking with them and just kindly asking, is it possible maybe perhaps like you can put this in my container and like really like not like most of the time they say yes, in fact. So it's just a question of asking and kindly asking and explaining just why we, we just want to reduce our waste because sometimes uh, they still want to put them put the product in plastic because for them it's that's like in Japan it's really like uh, a, a gauge of like it's quality it's better for the, it, they think it's better but uh, there's there's a clean image right yes, a clean exactly. image yeah clean, it's high quality it's better it preserves the product things like that uh, so it's really like uh, there's a major like culture shift that we need to do in Japan as well. It's kind of like even me, I got trapped in this like convenient, too convenient lifestyle when I moved to Japan. I mean, coming from Montreal, I was living in a much more uh, environmental kind of friendly uh, city. And uh, like I was raised with all those values and like we kind of talk about that. And the media talk about it, we talk about it in school and everything. 
and coming to Japan and Tokyo especially, like, I got busy and with work and yeah, like for two, three years, I kind of got like too used to this convenience, li convenient lifestyle. And also I started like using the vending machine. They're so cool. It's like hot and cold drinks and they, any way we can recycle. Like, yeah, I kind of, I got, <laughs> uh, I thought I was really recycled, but yeah, I was wrong. So now I'm really trying to change and I'm really trying to also help other change. It's so important to just look at your own life and look at the possibilities around you and always be looking for what you could do better, what you could find and ask for people to help you on that journey along the way, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like really like that's why I'm enjoying like organizing those events and connecting with people. Like it's really like when we, you feel like you're part of this community and you're not alone and we're exchanging ideas and tips. And that's also what we did the last Saturday morning. We had a really nice talk with Katie from Echo de Echo on Instagram. Uh, she's like one of our ambassador like you, also ambassador of Echo Local. And she's sharing like her plastic free journey in Japan on Instagram and showing how much like it has reduced since like the tweet she started I think in 2018 with the plastic free July uh, challenge and since then it's really like she's been like reducing so so much her plastic consumption so showing that it's really possible in Japan as well uh, and she has been sharing so many tips with us and participants it was online but really other participants as well have they have shared tips it was really interesting we like it was supposed to be only an hour but we almost talked for two hours so there's this interest as well from people it was really really nice that's great it's great to have people like katie from echo local uh and also uh echo de Ico on her instagram and she's always challenging to really do minimalism right, to have at the very littlest bit of waste. And she's also seeking out places that might let her use her own containers. So it's, it's great to have people so active in asking for new possibilities too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's really inspiring. And uh, for my, like personally, I'm really motivated when I, I see people like that or like we do things together. It's so motivating. And that's why I'm really looking forward, like on July 24th. So during this Plastic Free July month, we're going to do another collaboration with Katie. Uh, we're going to, again, like us, like about 10 people, we're going to go together, like sh shop at her favorite shops in Nakano in Tokyo. So I'm really looking forward to meet, like she has been telling us about those like Obachan, Ojichan, like elderly, like. Uh, people owning those shops and that they know her now personally and I'm really excited to meet them as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm showing the, the website right now so people can find out all these events and information on the website or Instagram. Is that yes. right? Yeah, yeah. We also have, a, uh, in Japan, we use a lot of PTIX. So uh, people can also subscribe. We can access the PTIX through our website. And then you can subscribe the P to the PTIC so you receive the notification when we organize events in Tokyo. And we really hope, like, I mean, we're discussing with some people in other cities, so we might be able soon to launch, like, those kind of events, like, elsewhere. Yeah. 
That's great. Uh, we have some comments about the cleanup. So Molly yes. in America said she did a river island cleanup last month with 16 other people in two and a half hours. They had 25 40-gallon bags full, and most oh of God. it was recyclable. So this is a big problem, right? And we also, in yesterday's cleanup, we found a lot of recyclable. So things that should have recycle value in the supply chain, like like glass, right? So this is always surprising when you find that as you're doing cleanups, isn't it? Are you guys finding that as well? Are you finding any aluminum or glass? Oh, I think I lost you. Are you there, Karina? <laughs> oh, no, we lost Karina. Okay, so I'll talk to Molly and Richard. Now, Richard, you were commenting on uh, Kure in Hiroshima in Japan being very clean. Um, I was cleaning in Kurahashi Island, which is just past Kure, uh, over this last weekend, so Saturday and Sunday, and we did find a lot washed up from um the oyster industry and the fishing industry which we always find on the beaches around Hiroshima um I don't know about the riverside in Kure so maybe you know better than me you say they have strict rules and I think that's a really good point right you need the rules from the government but you also need some kind of stick and carrot strategy with companies and customers, right? So if you have, for example, in Japan, uh, the plastic bag ban uh, or charge, so the first step is the charge. Now you have to pay for plastic shopping bags. That has certainly reduced the number of plastic shopping bags we find when we do cleanups. Um, if a ban of plastic bags, outright ban, like some areas of Japan are doing, that would have a further effect in reducing how much plastic bags you find in the waterways. So having uh, strategies like to decrease or eliminate plastic by a certain amount of time, these are very useful. Also charging more for things which are damaging, which we're finding in the environment. So having like a environmental tax is another idea. Not passing on all of the charges to only the customer, but finding a way to eliminate that from the company side as well. So the company has to bear some of the responsibility. At the moment, it looks like all of the responsibility burden is on the consumer. But why is that? That seems very unfair that the consumer has to bear so much of the responsibility. I remember years ago um, in Japan and still in Japan, you see this a lot where they don't have any garbage areas at all. And they say, take your garbage home with you. This is a big problem for um, visitors. This is a big problem for people going out to the beach for a day. Um, what I saw in the beach yesterday, Katsuragahama, that I was cleaning up in Kurahashi, was that they had a garbage area. Oh, oh there she is. Hi, Karim. Oh, sorry. I, I don't know what happened. My phone's... <laughs> sorry. That's, that's okay. So we're, we're just talking about the cleanups a bit more and what kinds of things you're finding. Uh, um, 
let me have a, I can go see uh, Helen and see what she ha she found as well. Yeah, let's check in with Helen, see what she's finding. Yeah, good idea because I feel bad she's kind of working alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Helen, what kind of trash did you find to well, did you collect today? Uh, so like Karina said, like a lot of bottles earlier. Okay, but bottles and like then... here there's a bit of everything, like a lot of cigarettes, yeah. like cigarettes like... Oh uh, yeah, cigarette mm -hmm. packs and... And like a bit of everything and I feel like... Yeah, it's really it's a mix. to get stuck to the... Ah, uh, it's... Like the soil. Oh it's no, yeah, it's like... It's, uh, yeah, it's... Like in between the plants as well. Yeah. yeah. It gets really stuck in there, doesn't it? Yeah. I found I found the same thing with the plastic on the beach yesterday that it was breaking down into small pieces. But of course, breaking down into small pieces is not solving the problem, right? No, no, no. It's, it's just worse. it's worse. Like it's like chemicals going in the soil and everything. So And microplastic problem yeah, adding exactly. to, right? So I see like she just picked up a lighter and we have like food packaging and like, yeah, so those snacks packaging. And you do have some recyclable cans in there. That's what we were talking about. And one of the things we were talking about yesterday at the cleanup is if we brought back the system where you have to pay a little bit more for the can or for the bottle but when you bring it back to the shop or bring it back to like a machine you get the money back yeah. that kind of deposit system do you think that would work in tokyo yeah, uh, i think that as long as there's money involved like i don't know if everyone would do it 100 percent but i think it's quite an incentive because even like the plastic bags which are very cheap like two cents people are like paying attention to them and yeah, like as soon as they changed the law in Japan last year uh, for the plastic bags being now not free anymore, uh, like on that day, the same day, I just saw like the switch, like instant switch, like people like having their eco bags. And I was just like, what? <laughs> you like kind of, you were either you already had them or you were, you were really, really ready like to go like with eco bags. So um, in Japan, they really kind of like, well, here you see that they don't always follow. I mean, it's not a rule, but if they change the law, I feel like people will change very, very quickly. So, especially if there's money, I yeah. feel like humans are selfish. <laughs> so, if yeah. there's, you, know, you get money back, I feel people would like uh, be interested. Yeah, like yeah. for example, in Montreal, I remember. Uh, I don't know why when when I went back last year. Uh, in Montreal, like like those uh, machines where you get back your money, as you mentioned, uh, we used to have that everywhere in Montreal, uh, but for the cans. So if you bring back your cans, you would get some money back. Not so much, but still, I I would see many people doing that. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have a question from Dave Barnett on Facebook. He says he's interested to know if there's a trend in Japan for reusable coffee cups, um, reduced huh. discount for bringing in your clean coffee cup back to the store. So like a reusable system from different coffee shops. Now you have done that on your Echo Shop Along, right? Yes. So, um, for example, in Montreal, we have a new project and we have a new system of like uh, those reusable cups that... Uh, many shops are like registering and sharing so you can bring back your cup 
to like any of those like stores and it's like so many now so it's i was using that last year when i went back it's so convenient it's a deposit system so the customer doesn't pay anything and you just bring back your cup when you finish any any uh, cafe or you can borrow a new like me borrow a new one uh, in Japan, uh, unfortunately, we don't have that yet as a system of reusable, reusable system yet. Uh, but you can still bring, uh, I do that, I know Ellen does that too. Uh, we bring our own cup, reusable cups to a coffee shop. Uh, for, but not all of them accept for now, especially during this pandemic time. Uh, some stores uh, will refuse to get, to take our cup. Uh, but that's also nonsense, <laughs> if I can add that. Uh, through that project in Montreal, I was really like, I learned a lot and just like the fact that, in fact, we have that this image of like uh, single use being more clean than reusable cups, but it's that kind of, doesn't make sense because during this pandemic, if you, the reusable is, they are made somewhere, transported, so so many people are touching them. And then in the store as well, in the coffee shop as well. And That's right. So and even even convenience stores in Japan now, there's, a, for example, I would like to shout out to Lawson because Lawson lets you take your own cup and use it in their machine and they give you a discount. Now, oh, some, of, some of the other more major ones, which I will not mention, they actually, when you say, can I use your my own cup, they let you, but they pick up one of their disposable cups and they throw it in the trash for some crazy reason. And that drives me nuts. So yeah. I don't go back to that one anymore. Yeah, exactly. So that's <laughs> also, I think, uh, like, I mean, uh, when we buy, we vote. So I refuse to go to those coffee shops as well. Like, yeah. uh, one time, also like, there's this one time where I forgot my reusable cup, and so I asked to have my uh, my drink in a paper cup without the plastic lid, at least. Uh, they refused for I don't know re reason, and so I, I also refused to buy my coffee there. I just found another store. Yeah, and and it's great if you can say, okay, I, I can't come here anymore because I'm really trying not to, you know, use single-use plastics or something. Like, try to say it in a nice way, but let yes. them know, right? Yeah, exactly. Exa exactly. I mean, uh, I, when I say refuse, I, I politely refuse. But I think, yeah. it, like, when we ask those things or when we explain our position, if we stay kind, like, people, it's just like uh, planting seeds in uh, people's head. Exactly. And they might kind of think yeah. about that and like kind of, even if it's a staff and they might kind of like, yeah, be uh, really like more like raising their awareness. That's the thing exactly. in Japan. Yeah. Awareness is so low compared to other countries. Yeah. Uh, I I worked, I collaborated with a local guide from Kude yesterday at the cleanup. And so she uh, got in touch with a local cafe, which was at the beach, and asked them if they could give us bento, but in a reusable container. And so they tried it for the first time. And they gave us this beautiful bento lunch um, in a reusable Tupperware container. And, wow. you know, they charged us a deposit. And when we brought it back, they gave it back to us. And so now in their minds, that's possible. They never yeah. thought of that before. Yeah, but so I love that they were flexible enough to say yeah. yes, to yeah. try it. You know, it's wow. wonderful. Yeah, that's really wonderful news. Great job. 
Yeah. Uh, Molly says, I make my own tea at home and put it in a thermos bottle. I have lots of mugs at the ceramic studio. I love oh, using different mugs. Isn't that nice? Yes. It reminds me of like one time, our, one of our first shop along in Kagurazaka in Tokyo. There was like, uh, like most of the time, to be honest, uh, people joining our events are girls and younger girls. Uh, but this time was a Japanese man and he joined us with his uh, mug, like really the mug that you use at home, a ceramic mug. And he looked so happy to bring that and it was the first time he tried to use it outside of home, but he always wanted to try that, but didn't have like the courage to do it in Japan. Yeah. And he ordered his coffee in that mug and he looked so happy. <laughs> Yeah. So I hope like he will do it again next time, maybe with all of us as well. Yeah, it can be a great souvenir, right? Like yeah. I, I went to a big beer festival once and I noticed that they only had the plastic cups that they were giving. So nearby were all these old like... Uh, for, not furniture, but old like cup and plate shops on the shopping street. So I went and bought like a really nice glass beer mug. And I asked if I could just use that and refill. And it was so fun. And I enjoyed all the beer so much more. And it's such yeah. a nice souvenir, right? Exactly, exactly. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's only me, but I just feel like having my food or drinks in in like re like plastic or even paper i just i just feel it's like it's not so nice like it just in the end it's waste so you're kind of enjoying your food in like in waste kind of i really not, like like when it's like reusable like some kind of material it feels much nicer yeah so now she's picking up like cigarettes that just people left on the on the ground yeah, cigarette butts I find a lot on beach cleanups and river cleanups. They're everywhere. And sometimes, you know, I, I know people think, oh, it's just a small thing. It doesn't matter. And they throw it down, right? Um, but it's it definitely matters and it stays there for a hundred years. I think the filter is made from something synthetic like plastic, right? Yes. And it's full of chemicals as well. Yeah. Yeah, Ellen said, full of chemicals. Yeah. So people just left some like random plastic uh, bottles lid there. And there's a lighter over there too. And now she found one more of this. Again, it's the same brown. Wow. Why is, it, why is this brand everywhere? Yeah, yeah. there must be a machine it's nearby bad. that's selling it's that, right? Bad, like, this is bad uh, advertisement for them. Yeah, negative branding. We need more of that, right? To share on social media, to share the brands that we're finding, and hopefully the companies will start to notice. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for joining the talk today and sharing what you're finding. Um, thank you for your work with the cleanup. You guys are doing a great job. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having us. Really and you guys are perfect for the cleanup hero series. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thanks so much. Thanks everybody for joining. Bye. Bye.